We'd like to give all a very warm welcome and thank you very much for coming to the meeting this afternoon. It is warm, we know, and we don't intend to keep you too long, and we'll, tr we'll try and have you out for the half hour tonight here in Ballyclare. Three readings from the Word of God. The first one you'll find in the little epistle of James, <clears throat> the little epistle of James in chapter 2. Little epistle of James in chapter 2, and reading at verse number 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Turn back with me to the, uh, the Gospel of Luke, please. <clears throat> Luke's Gospel in chapter 15. <clears throat> reading at verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth he not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. And one final reading in the epistle to the Hebrews, please, and chapter 10. Hebrews and chapter 10. <clears throat> Break into reading at verse number four, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins, wherefore he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ one for, once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of the, of the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfect forever them that are sanctified. We know that God will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word. There are three little thoughts that is upon my mind this afternoon for the gospel meeting. And for those that are in the car park and even for those that would listen on the web, we'd like to be very simple as far as the gospel is concerned. Like, first of all, in the little epistle of James in chapter 2 and verse 10, I understand that the context in which the chapter is dealing with is really the attitude of people one to another. But I want to lift it out just for the gospel here this afternoon, and I want us to consider one sin and its verdict. As we come to this passage, it says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend on one point, he is guilty of all. I want us to think of one sin and the verdict of heaven as far as one sin committed is concerned. 
When we come to uh, Luke's Gospel in chapter 15, we have read there concerning one soul and its value. I want to tell you, dear soul, in this meeting this afternoon, that all heaven is interested in this meeting. All heaven is interested in your precious soul. And all heaven, dear friend, is interested that you will one day fill a place in glory and land in heaven at the end of life's little journey. One sin in its volume. And then when we come to the epistle of Hebrews, we have read, one sacrifice of one sacrifice and its virtue. You know, dear soul, we cannot present anything else to you as far as your salvation is concerned apart from the work and the value of the precious shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no salvation in any other. Remember those words of Acts in chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So, dear friend, as you sit here this afternoon in the Gospel Hall in Ballyclare, I want us to consider the great reality of one sin and the verdict of heaven. You see, this tells me something of the disaster of sin in this world. And it tells me also of the holiness of God. You see, dear friend, as far as the law was concerned, we know that when we go back to Exodus in chapter 20 there, we read concerning the giving of the law, God gave the law to Moses on that occasion in Mount Sinai. And just before I came to the meeting this afternoon, I was reading over Exodus in chapter 19 there concerning the giving of the law. And we see there the holiness of God. And we see how that Moses tried to approach, had to approach God upon the mountain, upon the top of the mountain there. And the cloud covered over the mountain. And it kept away from the people the greatness of the holiness of God. You see, dear friend, I want to remind our hearts again that the God with whom we have to do is absolutely holy. He's absolutely righteous, and he will not tolerate, and he cannot tolerate sin. And because of our sin, dear friend, there is that great divide between God and man. We saw in Genesis in chapter 3, had we read it there, we would have looked back at the time when sin entered into the world. And we know that the great communion was between God and Adam and that day, those days, those early days in the Garden of Eden. And when Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden, he was placed there and there was a, the, and, the, and God told him on that occasion, of the trees in the midst of the trees of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree in the midst of the garden thou shalt not eat of it. For on the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we know because of the entrance of sin into the world, there came that mighty divide between God and men. We sing betimes with a little chorus betimes. When sin first raised its deadly head, it caused a widening span between the man who walked with God and God who made the man. With sense of sin came sense of shame. The naked sought to hide. Instead of fellowship with God, there came the great divide. And between God who was holy and the sin that was created in the Garden of Eden, there came that great divide between God and man. And dear friend, I want to remind you, because of the entrance of sin, sin in a general way, and sin generally across this world has brought a divide between God and man. We know that God drove Adam out of the garden, and it says he placed at the east of the garden cherubims and a flaming sword to keep the way of the tree of life. Romans chapter 5 reminds us concerning one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But we're thankful tonight, dear friend, we can come and tell you, because of one man's obedience, many can be made righteous. And as we stand here today, 
We want to tell you again of the greatness of the divide that sinners brought into the world. When, God, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, everyone was declared unrighteous, sinners by nature and sinners by practice. But you know, it says here in this verse, not to the general sense of sin. I want us to come and to bring it to an individual in a meeting this afternoon. And just to appreciate the great value of one sin that is keeping us out of heaven. Just one sin. I want to ask the question just now. How many sins have you committed from the time you were born until this present day? We know that the scripture reminds us that the very thought of foolishness is sin. And up again, up in, in, your, in your little lifetime, dear friend, it just takes one sin to keep you out of heaven. One sin, it says here, whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. I want you to ask you just now, in light of eternity, as you sit in this gospel meeting at almost 20 minutes past five, I want to ask you about your personal sin. Have you faced up to your personal sin, dear friend? When are you going to face up to the reality of your sin? When, dear friend, are you going to face up to the reality that my sin is going to damn me in hell for all eternity? Because, dear friend, that's what sin will do. The scripture reminds us the wages of sin is death. And dear friend, if you accumulate sins through your life and keep accumulating them and keeping moving on to eternity, we want to remind you, dear soul, this afternoon that there is a coming day. Our brethren reminded us tonight in the prayer meeting. There is a time in this, in, in this world when you will stand one day at the great white throne of judgment and you will give an account for every sin, not only just one sin that bars you from the presence of God and bars you from the very uh, experience that could be yours tonight of being in heaven when all of life is over. Just one sin barring you from heaven. But just to think of all the sins that have accumulated and all the sins that you accumulate every day of your life. And then eventually at the great white throne of judgment of Revelation in chapter 20, you, dear friend, will stand and you will give an account of every sin that was ever committed throughout your little lifetime in this world. But my dear friend, if we only could preach sin this afternoon and tell you of your need and tell you of your danger and tell you of the great reality of what it'll mean to die and your sin and be under the judgment of God, it would be a sad gospel meeting. But I want to tell you again of heaven's interest and in your precious soul. It says here concerning this story in Luke chapter 15, we have the story of our Lord Jesus Christ speaking on this occasion. He says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, and he lose one, doth he not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go until he findeth the one that is lost? That tells me, dear friend, of another love that was displayed in the heart of God for mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And the very thought fills my heart as we stand here tonight. We think of those lovely words of the hymn writer. Down from the glory the Savior came. And into this world the blessed Son of God, God's only well-beloved Son, he came forth from the Father. And he came into the world 
not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And into the world he came as a homeless stranger. Thirty odd years he lived. As we gathered around him this self this morning, we thought of the one who went to Calvary, that one who paid in full redemption's price by the shedding of his own precious blood. And as we sit here tonight, there is one in heaven, dear friend, who has an interest in your precious soul. And I want to ask you, dear friend, have you any interest in your soul this afternoon? I want to ask you just now, dear friend, despite the fact that all heaven is interested in you in this meeting, and the Spirit of God is moving, drawing sinners to Christ. And dear friend, the saints are praying, and they were praying in your name was mentioned at the throne of grace in the prayer meeting earlier. And I want to ask you as an individual just now, what are you putting between your soul and God? Your precious soul, that soul which is in your breast, which will never die. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Your soul, dear friend, never will ever be buried with a grave digger. Your soul, dear friend, is that which will take its flight either to heaven if you're saved or, my dear friend, to hell if you're not saved, to be under the wrath and judgment of God eternally. And here you sit tonight or this afternoon in this gospel meeting. I want to ask you, friend, what are you putting between your soul and God? What do you find more important today than your precious soul? Many in the world today, they see the sports field, they see the stars and all their power and all their wonder and all their songs and everything that's connected with it. Some people today will be spending time in their gardens and around their house, and they see it as more value than their precious soul. That is why the gospel halls is not full. That's why people have no interest to come to hear the gospel. They don't value their soul. They don't understand the value of their soul. It is the only thing that you possess, dear friend. It's the only thing, dear friend, that you have to take to eternity. All we have in this world is only for this time. The scripture reminds us, naked came I into the world, naked shall I return. We brought nothing into the world with us. Anything we accumulate here is for this world. But when we take our leave for the world to come, we take nothing out with us. We go out, dear friend, just as, 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 as helpless as we come in, dear friend. If we leave in our sin, it will be under the judgment of God and that for all eternity. But yet God in his matchless, wondrous love provided a great salvation through the death of his only son. And do we read that great, those words in Hebrews and chapter 10 and verse number 12. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of the majesty and high. You this afternoon in the meeting not saved, sins mounting up before God, sins that have to be dealt with, dear friend, and the love of God displayed in every hand, God moves to the sinner. God is moving in salvation, dear friend. God longs to save sinners and bring them to himself. God has done absolutely everything possible for every soul to be in heaven. I was just thinking this afternoon of the many people who are in the world today. If you look up your computer, you will discover somewhere in around eight or nine billion people in this world presently living in the world today. 
I want to tell you, dear friend, every soul, every one of those eight or nine billion souls are loved of God, and God has provided salvation for them. And here, this, and here you are tonight, dear friend, in the meeting, privileged beyond measure, prayed for every day. And here you sit, dear friend, and you're in your sins on the way to eternal fire. In the last five minutes of the meeting, I want to bring you before you the one sacrifice and its virtue, the value of the precious blood of Christ. Is there a soul this afternoon who wants salvation above everything else? For remember, dear friend, unless you make salvation number one priority and make up your mind, cost what may, I'm going to set my family aside. I'm going to set my husband aside or anything that's of this trivial world, dear friend, that comes between you and Christ. If you haven't, dear, the power to set it aside in time and seek salvation, it would be, it might be that you will land in the burnings of hell eventually because you're not prepared to put God first. Put salvation first and seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. For I want to remind you, dear friend, of that one sacrifice and its virtue. You see, dear friend, there never was a sacrifice like the sacrifice of Calvary. We read in Hebrews here, these priests standing often, ministering and often, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But it says this man, remember the Lord said in Luke 15 concerning him, those speaking concerning himself there on that occasion, the Pharisees and the scribes, he said concerning him, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And how thankful we are tonight that the one whom we present is the one who receiveth sinners, the one who has a desire to save sinners. And here we stand tonight, dear friend, and we can tell you again of a once-for-all sacrifice for sins, a sacrifice which never needs to be repeated in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, and down from the glory the Savior came, and he went to Calvary, and there on the middle tree at the cross at Calvary, God laid on his beloved Son the iniquity of us all. Peter reminds us who his own self bear our sins in his own body in the tree. And from Calvary, dear friend, there flows a full and eternal and a free salvation. And because of the work of Christ upon the cross, God can come out tonight on righteous ground and cleanse a sinner from all his sin, cleanse him from all his guilt, and bring him into that place of communion with God. Bring him into that standing, dear friend, when your sins are all forgiven. And dear friend, if you're not saved, I want to tell you that if you had come tonight or this afternoon and understand your need and understand that God loves you and that Christ has died for you, if you'd only come to the foot of the cross by faith and get your mind fixed and f completely on what the, work, the, the work that Christ has done, my dear friend, I want to tell you there is salvation full and free through the blood of Jesus who on Calvary's tree shed his blood. It fits poor sinners for the sky. Ye unto God it brings him nigh, made me to dwell with Christ on high through the blood. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. There's one who's seated in glory. There's one who bears the marks of Calvary. There's one who's paid in full 
redemption's price by the shedding of his own precious blood. And God, dear friend, invites you this afternoon to come to him. Come unto me, all ye that labor under heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And if you come, dear friend, as a repentant sinner, come to the foot of the cross and all your need and all your sin and all your rebellion against God. Lay down your puny arms of rebellion, dear friend, and drink it in. I am a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. Will you take him tonight for your, as your own? Will you take him, dear friend? Will you accept the Lord Jesus Christ? To as many as receive him, to them gives he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Salvation's full, and if salvation is free to this afternoon, to the whosoever will, none need perish, all may live, for Christ has died. I asked you, dear friend, as I close this meeting, I asked you where you stand in light of eternity. Are you going to continue another day in sin? Are you going to risk it, dear friend, and go to the meeting another day and step into your car and go home, guilty before God, accumulating your sin up against God, you're going to face your sin, dear friend, in a coming day. Would you not face up to your sin tonight? Would you not seek the Lord just now? Would you not come in true repentance and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? And we can take up the words, dear friend, of Luke chapter 15. If you come in repentance, dear friend, I want to tell you, there will be joy in the presence of the angels of heaven over one sin that repenteth, one sinner that repenteth. I trust, dear friend, that you will repent of sin, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and be saved for time and for great eternity, shall we pray. Our God and Father, in the ever-adorable and precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we bow humbly and reverently into thy presence again, thanking thee again for the wonderful salvation provided in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank thee for one who is seated high in glory and one who is able and willing to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by him. We look to thee and ask thee again to part us now with thy blessing. We trust that all will be taken home safely. And if there's any here not saved, they might seek the Lord while he may be found, that they might or father consider their sin, the reality of what it'll mean to die and lose their soul. And our father, we trust that they might come to the foot of the cross and see that blessed one bearing shame and scoffing ruin. In our place condemned he stood, sealed our pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a saviour. We commend ourselves now to thee and ask for thy parting blessing, seeing as we ask all given thanks for the and thy and the Saviour's worthy and precious name. Amen.